The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but he had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus, the Gospel of the Lord. Let me begin by saying that I promise I will not begin every single sermon from this time forward with the words that I am about to use in order to begin this sermon, which are, when I was in the Holy Land, <laughs> but when I was in the Holy Land last month with 57 members and friends of St. Philip the Deacon, one of the many holy and sacred places we visited was the Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth. This stunningly beautiful church is built over what is observed as the traditional site of Mary's childhood home, and it commemorates the place where the angel Gabriel announced to her that she would bear a child and his name would be Jesus, the Son of God. In a small chapel inside the church and down a spiral staircase, there is an altar made of stone with these words carved into it. The word was made flesh here. This is the Annunciation, the announcement of the angel Gabriel to Mary that she would give birth to the Son of God. And it was nothing short of a defining moment in this young girl's life. It separated her story into two, dividing all of the days before from all of the ones that were yet to come. You will bear a child, the angel said, and his name will be Jesus, the Son of the Most High, God with us, the Word made flesh. In response to this news, to this unimaginable, inconceivable, inexplicable news, the Bible tells us that Mary had just one question, and it was a remarkably practical question. How, she wanted to know. 
How can this be? Her question was not only practical, but it was also earnest. It was not asked rhetorically. Mary fully anticipated and expected an answer. But perhaps most significantly, her question was universal. Her question had been asked before her in a multitude of ways by a long line of people who also had encountered God. For example, there was Abraham. When asked to leave his country and his family in order to become the father of a great nation, he wondered in response, asking, how can this be? How can I know for certain that this will come to pass? And Sarah, his wife, when told that she would bear a child, she laughed in response, asking, how could this be? I am too old. And Moses, when asked to lead the people of Israel out of slavery, he showed his insecurity in response and asked, how can this be? I am not a public speaker. And Jonah, when asked to preach a message of warning to the Ninevites, he angrily asked in response, even as he was running away in the opposite direction, how can this be? I don't even believe that they deserve a warning. And Jeremiah, when called to be a prophet, he asked in response, how can this be? I am too young. And Peter, when asked about Jesus on the night before his crucifixion, crucifixion, cowering. He asked in response, how can this be? I do not even know him. And this he said three times. And Samuel, when asked to anoint King Saul, he protested in response, asking, how can this be? I am too afraid. And then Joseph, betrothed to Mary, when he learned that she was pregnant, the Gospel reading for today tells us that he determined in response, asking, how can this be? I will quietly dismiss her. To a person, one after the other, each asked Mary's question in their own way, how? How can this be? Each pointed to the conditions that seemed to be insurmountable or impossible or at the very least important enough to excuse them from answering God's call. I guess it's like that when you encounter God. When God calls you to ventures unknown, when the future God is leading you into is turning out to be not what you expected or planned or desired or wanted, when God asks great things of you, even the impossible, or, as in Mary's case, when God takes up residence in you, it's fair to ask, how can this be? The angel replied to Mary's practical and earnest and universal question, explaining, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now, 
the angel continues, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. It's hard to say what part of this answer resonated with Mary, or what part it was that moved her from uncertainty and hesitancy to servanthood. But if I had to venture a guess, I would say that perhaps Mary was most moved by that last line. Nothing will be impossible with God. I suggest this because, truth be told, the angel didn't exactly answer the how question, at least not directly, yet somehow the angel and the angel's answer satisfied Mary's curiosity and calmed her fear and drew a yes from her lips and later a song from her heart. Mary said, here am I, a servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. And she sang, my soul proclaims your greatness, O God. The movement from how can this be to here am I, a servant of the Lord, is a beautiful testimony to Mary's willingness to trust without understanding and to surrender to the unimaginable and inexplicable grace of God and to give herself fully and completely to God with abandon. I suspect many of us have either asked this very same question ourselves or at the very least have tiptoed around it when God came calling. Like the others before you, perhaps you asked how. How can this be? And then you began to name the thing or the things you thought might release or excuse you from service, from saying yes, from surrender, from God. When God calls us into service, and God does call each and every one of us in unique and particular ways to shine light into the world and to bring God to others. When God calls us to step out in faith, not knowing where we go, uncertain of our qualifications and abilities, when God asks great things of us, even sometimes seemingly impossible things, and when we dare to squeak out our, here am I, a servant of the Lord, or when we dare to utter our bold yes, we will find that we are not alone, for God is with us, and nothing, nothing at all is impossible with God. I close with the quote printed on the back of the bulletin. It reads, when we allow God to be born in us, there is no telling, no telling at all what will come out. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, 
by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.